We had a great sit down with Clinton Charlton to talk about his latest project, The Low Light of Winter, and its inaugural release, Sydney, Can You Hear Me? We also talk a little bit about his influences, and you know we get a little sidetracked along the way. And as always, he lets us hear a few sweet tunes as well. So sit back, sip your poison, and enjoy the ride. I'm your host, Kalen, and this is the Peg and Place Podcast. Buddy of mine gave me a uh, ADAT machine. Did you ever hear of these? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's uh, like it was like a portable one. It belonged to Gary Middleholtz. He was like a reporter. I think it was CBC, actually. Anyway, uh, I'm like, I'm looking for excuses to use that for something because it's cool. It's got two channels. Yeah. So, I don't know. Jay Votori, you know that guy? Yeah. He's coming home at Christmas, and I think we're going to do some guitar improvs and set up the ADAT to record it, you know? Oh, sweet. Just for the sake of it being something fun to do, but I'm intrigued with that machine. Yeah. I like the limitations. Two tracks. That's it. Can't overdub or anything. Just yeah. two tracks. Interesting. Be kind of fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Sounds good, though. Like a good quality stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the limitations I find help bring other aspects of it out, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I mean, that's... You kind of have to focus on a thing a little bit more. Or you yeah. can't worry about layering something too much or... That was the whole reason I started like January through December. <laughs> so yeah. I had deadlines. Just strip it all down. So I had to do something. You know what yeah. I mean? And then being a uh, procrastinator, it would be like, I'd get to the third week of the month, be like, well, it's going to be what it is, I guess, you know? Yeah. And every single time I'd be like, oh, that could have been better, but it's okay. It's okay. I feel like when people procrastinate with stuff like that, it one of the default aspects of the what comes out at the end is, is stripped down in some ways. Not always. It's either always going to be really stripped down or overly dressed up, I think, when you... I'm probably the latter. You feel like you've... Yeah, I tend to, like for those, for my home recordings, I tend to clutter things up. Yeah. I like consciously have to make an effort not to. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I think I do the same with my stuff, but I I mostly just don't know what I'm doing when it comes to the, <laughs> Fair enough. the music I don't, end of it. I don't I, know that I do either really, but, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, I just like, I guess, like, do you like your recorded voice? I'm no, but I'm used to it. Okay. Like <laughs> I struggle with it, like especially singing. And so I don't, I think it's like some kind of, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a conscious thing, but I think I'm unconsciously trying to cover up my voice and clutter up the recordings. You okay. Know? I yeah. think if, if a psychiatrist was sitting here, I think that might be what they, the I verdict know. they'd come to. I, I can understand that with the podcast. When I started it, <laughs> I hated my voice so much. I would just have the guest talking. Uh, you and would, eh? I would. You could hear me a little bit, but very minimalist. Even questions I ask, like it would just sound. I, I edited it so it sounded like they were just kind of leading themselves <laughs> okay. into the next topic. Really? Kind of thing. Yeah, hated it. Hated how my voice sounded. Fair enough. And then I just kind of. I'm not over it yet, but you know, I'm. I'm it's used common. To it, I think. I think it's super common. I, everybody hates how they sound. Even people that guests and stuff I have on the podcast, when they listen back to it, like, is that really how I sound? I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, you've never yeah. heard yourself recorded. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I've spent a lot of money on like different microphones and, <laughs> you know, like oh, it's got to be that mic. But 
Yeah, no, that's how it sounds. <laughs> My uncle, one year for Christmas, he gave me a little, uh, it's a Helicon TC. It's a... Uh, Oh, like the mic mechanic or whatever? Yeah, it's yeah. like a, a pitch corrector. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> I have thought about buying them many times. I've, it does work. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It does a good job. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mix my own music, so it's probably been used on me lots. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, know. just don't know. It's right. <laughs> That's probably the case. I don't want to know otherwise, but probably is the case. I think, yeah, not mixing your own vocals would be a treat well that's another like because I, we were talking about how i work in my little home studio i don't i'm not using a computer so right you know i with the machine i'm using it's a boss br800 okay so i can only play back four tracks at, six tracks at once so you know if i'm have more than six tracks well i can't mix it anyway i just can't I, i'm not playing back six tracks so yeah right. i always have to get help sweet yeah it's okay. Yeah. I'll get independent this year. <laughs> Hopefully I like it. I'm nervous. Yeah, that would be a bit of a, a shift, I think. And it might really affect like how your music comes out in the end too. Like, Yeah. I mean, I've been real fortunate. Like with the January through December stuff, it was all of it was working with Sean Boyer. Yeah. And Sean by now understands, you know, what I mean when I say like, oh, can it be bigger here? Or, you know, right. I want it to sound this or that in certain places. And he'd know what I w- would mean. Bill Preper mixed the ambient record and oh, okay, cool. um, <laughs> we tried to like do some stuff over email and chat and it just wasn't going to happen because I just don't have the vocabulary for the kind of music that we were doing, you know? So he had to come over to the house and I'm sure I pushed our friendships to the utter limits trying to, <laughs> you know, when it goes bloop, bloop, <laughs> but, but I thought he did a wonderful job, but yeah, there were, it was uh God, I don't remember what month it was, but it was winter. And they were like, let's go for a walk. Let's go for a walk. Like a lot of little <laughs> breaks, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it was good. We got it done in two days. So. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. That's uh, the mixing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a lot of music to go through in two days. Yeah. He was great. Like I was, I was off work at the time and uh, he came over with all of his gear and we spent like two solid, like as if we were punching a clock, you know, working days and we took, oh, you wow. know breaks to go for a walk and breaks to eat but other than that it was just mixing like just going to work on it well yeah it was really great what compelled that album because it is a, as we it's, talked it's earlier, a good question it. it's not a complete departure because as you mentioned there is that ambientness but yeah it is a departure it is a de- yeah it is a departure for sure i mean you know nobody might be more surprised by me putting on an ambient <laughs> record than me put it than me you know <laughs> but it's definitely grown the genre it's something i've been listening to more and more uh, you know especially over the past five years but it's it's the kind of thing that makes sense for me because i've always been attracted to like you know the avant-garde side of pop music um, you know, thinking back to like Granddaddy Records or like the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot album by Wilco. You know, I loved all the blips and blops and the uh, and the uh, dissonant tones, and that's something that's always attracted to me. You know, um, especially when married with acoustic instruments like Sea Change by Beck, if you know that record, yeah, or even album. more subtle things like the Animal Years by Josh Ritter. There would just be these little electronic tones that would creep into the folk music that would keep it from sounding like it was trying to be like neo-traditional or something and it would Mm. be very now just because of that little squeal of a synthesizer at at one point and so those kind of things have always interested me and it was things i started to try to bring into my own music uh you know even on my very first 
record I ever put out, The Stars We See, there were synthesizers on that record. Um, and then, you know, it got a little more progressive when I did the first January through December in 2011. There were uh, those kind of tones, um, you know, using uh, padded synths and building uh, beds and drones for the song to sit on, especially with Chris Braden, who introduced me to a lot of ambient music. You know, he he's probably responsible for getting me into the genre, really. Um, mm. But then uh, I had left, uh, I was a trainer at IBM and I had left the job that I was doing to take another job with IBM that involved me staring at spreadsheets all day. And um, I would put music on all day, but I would find music with lyrics too distracting. Mm. Um, and then, you know, so I tried, well, I'll take this as a time to get into some jazz that I've always, you know, tried to find an indoor too. And, uh, but again, I, just, I found it too distracting. And so... I started listening to ambient music and then I was starting to notice that I was finding artists I liked and artists that I didn't like and, you know, parts of it that I liked. And suddenly this became a genre where I found myself buying CDs and having favorites and it was yeah. just became part of my listening experience, you know, but the long road here to answer your question, I didn't know I was making an ambient record. I was doing uh, January through December in 2018, uh, my songwriting project. And I had started the, the song that ultimately is on the ambient record called Where the Lines Bend, They Break. But the, when I would put vocals on it, I didn't like it as much. And so, you know, I just scrapped the vocal idea. And after that project had uh, finished up, I decided I would, uh, you know, kind of work on this without words. And um, I really liked it. And, and it led to the process of making that song led to building some more like that. And I didn't have any intention of making a record or anything. I was just putting things on my iPod and, mm. and uh, you know, going for walks in the winter. You know, that's when I found this stuff really like the best, you know, it was like in the winter time when it was cold and things seemed <laughs> dead and dreary. And, and then like I started noticing that some of them went together and, you know, complemented each other. And so I started you know, polishing on those ones. And, and then I started thinking in the back of my mind without saying like, maybe I'm making an ambient record, you know? And so I showed some friends and, and I got, I got some positive uh, feedback from some friends. And so I, uh, I mentioned it to my buddy Bill and he said, well, let's listen to what you got. And so I played him the 20 tracks or so that I had made and we narrowed it down to what we thought made sense for a record together. And, yeah. and that's what we decided to put out. Yeah.
he said there were some tracks that kind of felt or sounded like they went together. Yeah. What do you feel like there is something behind that, like something in you that was coming out in a way that, like, as an example, have you ever seen the the show Home Movies? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there was one episode how uh, they discovered at the end of every movie, one of the lines that was in every movie was, and now you'll pay the price or something along okay. those lines. So that episode was them trying to figure out like why they were subconsciously oh, sliding that into everything. And then, so I'm curious if there was something driving just the, how those songs evolved. And Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think so. I mean, I, I got sick. I think you, you know that from being right. Facebook. Like I had, um, I ended up having a double bypass, heart surgery. And I think part of what attracted me to the music subconsciously and, you know, what was so therapeutic about making that music was just how calming it was. So I think Mm. part of the attraction to it might have been that, you know, but thematically, I don't think there's a common thread throughout everything other than, you know, that I hear my own tricks that I can do and, and, you know, my my limited bag uh, of those. I hear those in it. But, you know, what I found was that... Um, all of the early tunes uh, were very like weather based, you know, there were things that were like influenced by, you know, weather. And I think that that's probably common. I, I haven't got yeah. to talk to any other people that have made ambient music, but I assume <laughs> that that's probably a, a, I mean, we talked earlier, you were you yeah. showing me an ambient piece you made. And I think that that's probably a common thing. Um, and three of those are on the record. There's a song called Tamir, which, which is like, weather-based there's one called uh, drowning under ice which is weather-based and uh, a third one too and those were all kind of tied together and there were like three or four other ones that i had made that all had this similar theme Um, and i thought about making that you know the record because they had a common thread throughout them but ultimately i just found that i was ignoring the record too much you know brian Eno had said that uh ambient music should be as easy to ignore as it is to listen to but i found i was i was ignoring my own music and that yeah. can't that can't be good you know so i was more attracted to songs like somewhere outside sussex and where the lines bend they break and so ultimately those are the ones that made it to the record right. but yeah i love home recording like uh you know i love doing it i had done the january through december in 2018 and i love doing home recording the thing i found stressful every month was writing the lyrics and singing the song and so when that was done, you know, this was just a way to keep playing in my studio, keep making tones. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and, you know, so that was a very fulfilling and joyful thing. And I thought it was just for me at first. Yeah. And that's, you know, why when I decided I was going to put it out, I didn't want to use my name. I wanted to let it be just uh, what it is and yeah. something where I could play pretend and escape and be somebody else if I wanted to be, you know, and, and I really love the anonymity of it. And I, I think that's a great idea, too. Especially where where it is a departure, um, it kind of reminds me of you know somebody like Connor Oberst. I don't yeah. know if you sure you know how he, has, he has like you know scads of different projects that he's got his hands in, and some of them are just him. Yeah, and it's just they're different, so it's just a totally different project. Yeah, you know this project has this soundish, this project has this soundish, and yeah, and you know, and and I think that's fair, and it's a good way to separate your music because kind of is at least for some people a different side of them that's coming out yeah absolutely in 2010 i I got commissioned by the city to write our birthday song it was like our 225th birthday in saint john so i wrote our birthday song and it was a commission job so uh you know i wrote it to the to what the job was and so i made a, a poppy snappy upbeat pop song 
uh, for this commercial that, that we were doing. And, uh, you know, then people would come to my shows and I was doing what I do. And I don't know if you've been to one of my shows, but it's certainly not poppy and snappy and upbeat. And, uh, you know, it's a more folk singer songwriter thing with an acoustic guitar. And, and, uh, you know, I didn't want to put out an ambient record and I mean, I'm, 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 you know, back to playing shows. I, and I wouldn't want to have somebody come to the show and be like, Oh, what's he doing? Why is he singing? You know, this is, yeah. So I, you know, there was that to consider too. Right. Right. Do you think you'll keep doing more of the ambient? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 What was great was when I had the time off from my surgery because of COVID, everything was slow. So I ended up having 10 months off of work for what probably should have been three to four months. So, you know, I was feeling good and I, I had the house to myself. I mean, my wife was at work, my son was at school. So, you know, after a, a while, I decided, well, this is an opportunity to get some things done. And so I treated it like my job. And, you know, I would uh, get up and get myself ready and, you know, like I was punching a clock, go into my studio and, and uh, record and go for a walk from call that my lunch break and finish up before everybody got home. And yeah. so there is a wealth of other stuff that, that I have. I have most of a, oh, a follow up EP done but it feels very springtime to me this collection of ones so you know i'll wait put that out in the spring but yeah and so i've got a good Mm -hmm. jump on some other stuff too and yeah and and i enjoy it it's really fun like i'm this feels like starting over in a weird way and i love it so yeah i mean i'll do more kind of is starting you know kind of is starting over a little bit was it turning over a new leaf i gotta learn how to do something live well i don't gotta but i'd like to yeah i like the idea of being able to play something live i wouldn't know how to play most of what I made on this record, <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do, you know, other than. Yeah, that's fair. That's, could but, you do it alone? But or there, would you need a, a team to do it I, with you? That's a I, lot to figure out. I wouldn't really. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I didn't, I mean, I didn't have that thought when I was making it. So I've been trying to pay more attention with the, the stuff I'm doing now. Yeah. Know? Like, okay, what could, how could I do this? You know, I'd be okay with backing tracks and that sort of thing, but yeah, I'd still have to have some kind of jumping point, you know? Right, yeah. And the stuff I'm making as of late has guitar in it, which makes it a little easier. So yeah. Like, and discernible, like, oh, that is a guitar, you know, so, <laughs> not buried in a bunch of delay pedals or something. There was, um, not that they're ambient. Well, I'm thinking of, uh, the Northern Arm. I've had them yep. on the podcast before and, uh, they do atmospheric, I guess. Sure. And, Post-rock. Um, I've, uh, yeah. 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 And, uh, they've done like live scoring of movies and things like That's that. Cool. <laughs> But when they were doing that, it reminded me of, I don't know if it was, it must have been Explosions in the Sky. There was a live thing I watched of theirs. And, and that's what they did. And it was just like, kind of, but it, it it was and it wasn't, but it was like, okay. you're watching, like there's this big drop and the, it's just projected on the drop and they're kind of that's awesome. behind the drop so with lights on them. So you can kind of see them, but yep. you're mostly watching what's going on on the, on the screen. Yeah. And it's just like this visual aspect that goes along with the music. And I think that's wonderful. Stuff like that is, I've always, like if I've... Me too. It's just amazing. It's Me so too. Cool. And it doubles up the art experience too, you know, what you're getting at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, it's like when shows are most successful are when the audience are experiencing the show together. Yeah. And, you know, things like that, because they're not the norm, what people are used to seeing, people tend to pay attention to those and experience them together. And that makes it wonderful. You know, like that's, that makes it a really cool experience. Yeah, it really does.
You're currently listening to the Peg and Place podcast. If you like what you hear, you can find us at anchor.fm forward slash the Peg and Place or stream each new episode wherever you get your podcasts. I've existed in my head far more than in the public for the entire time that I've been making music and kind of realizing now that that's doing myself a disservice. And, you know, what I mean by that is like, and it's literally just comes down to self-importance, but like, you know, saying, well, Clinton Charlton is this thing. And then the, there's another guy named Clinton Charlton who's the drummer for these bands. And then now there's this Clinton Charlton that's going to be the lowlight of winter and make ambient music. And I'm realizing they can all exist at the same time, you know? Yeah. And maybe that, like, I'm going to turn 50 in March and maybe it's just getting older, but, you know, I'm kind of wanting to embrace all, like all the sides of what I do at the same time more right. and more. And so... Like I've thought, well, why couldn't I get booked for a show and play drums or why couldn't it be a bunch of drones or, you know, and maybe it would be weird, but so what? It's what I do. And sometimes it could be a singer songwriter. Like, I guess I'm starting to realize that, you know, I should embrace everything that I do. And that's probably when I'm going to be able to make some good art. Right. So I'm excited that that thought, I think it could be a complete and utter failure at first and maybe, maybe the entire time. <laughs> well, but. Uh, yeah, maybe, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's always a risk that you run, but it's the same thing with any kind of bit of self-discovery. Like if you don't explore it, what's going to happen to it? Nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's what I mean about like the little boxes, you know, it's like the, the singer songwriter box like that guy you know i felt like he has to fit a certain mold and Mm. you know he wears a blazer and he he likes these records you know yeah and he can't have the influence of of other things (laughs) creep in but there's other things that i like you know and and i I think that i should let them show you know yeah one of the things i found for myself hardest (laughs) about trying to be a singer songwriter in any capacity is my brain is torn at any given time in 20 different directions of yeah. what I want to create. Yeah. And I, I have a hard time. It's probably, you know, it's partly because I have ADHD too, but it's focusing and harnessing. So it's firstly amazing that you've been able to focus and harness on that many separate things. Yeah. But why can't you do a plethora of things as you, as opposed to, you know, fitting those persona roles. Right. Yeah. And nobody's imposing that on me. It's all self-imposed, but I I think it's what we do, you know? Yeah. I think anybody that's a performer has their own perception of what they do and they try to, they're selling that image, you know? And I just, I'm just tired of trying to sell any kind of image anymore. You know, (laughs) I'm just there, you know? Yeah. But no, that's absolutely fair. I say that and I realize that the low light of winter is 100% what I'm trying to do is sell a new image, but, <laughs> but at least it can be one where I'm, I'm not the character. I'm not the main character. Yeah. I think it's something where there is no lyrical content, <laughs> you know, it, that's it's freeing kind of its own. It can be its own thing. Like yeah. Something like that t- to me seems like it would be liberating, you know, in some sense. Yeah. Whereas it's obviously an influence that you've been having in your musical context and yeah. for a long time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, and it, so to birth something like that, it seems logical. Rambled past my point. No, no, no. <laughs> it, 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 is, it is. It is liberating. And, you know, but all of it is liberating. Like, it's liberating in so much as being a moniker is really liberating for it. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, that doesn't have any of my self-imposed boxes that it has to tick off you know i can yeah i can make whatever sound i want to make because you know it's not it's not clinton charlton it's 
the lowlight of winter, you know? Yeah. And that, yeah, that was really super freeing, you know? If you kind of look at it as a whole, I feel like as a whole, it kind of works as a song. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I feel like there's bridges and I feel like there's yeah, chorus yeah, yeah. moments in the album. Well, know. it's it's funny because, so I, I was saying the first piece I ever started and I didn't even know that I was making ambient music at the time was Where the Lines Bend They Break, which I initially had titled Where the Lines Mend because the entire ending section, my idea was that the song would mend into this loop that I had created, which was a, a you know a minor key, a more trance-like loop. And... I just, I just it was like trying to butt these two pieces together that were never going to fit. And so while that was the first piece I ever started, it was the last piece I ever finished because, you know, I had listened to more and more ambient music. I had started to uh, really get into this artist from Toronto named Alaskan Tapes, and he was using drums. And I was like, gasp, that's allowed, you know? Mm. And so I scrapped to the entire end of that song and decided I would just, with a uh, gong and some mallets, take it to a point where, boom, it would kick into a post-rock song. And, you know, had I have not discovered that artist and heard that those things were permitted, you know, I may have never done it, right? So, yeah, yeah so it's a progressive thing, you know, there are, and that's the most traditional part of the whole record is when there's those drums and those electric guitars yeah. and these recognizable tones, you know? Yeah. But that, that part, now I would have never let that in. I would have thought that was against the rules, you know? And it's funny how we self-impose these these rules on things that we don't really know about yet. Yeah, that little moment of discovery of hearing a thing, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, the best like, moment, though, you know? And you go, that's part of me, that's in me. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So what other uh, influences musically have carried into this? In the ambient music world? Yeah. Um, there's a label uh, called White Labrex or like White Lab Records, and a lot of their a lot of their artists appealed to me, and so I I trust that label, and so that would be like a good sounding board. Where I discovered an artist called Glassbird, who's uh, an anonymous artist, you know, so they've been a, a big influence. Um, Alaskan Tapes, the uh, Toronto uh, based artist, has been just an incredible source of inspiration for me, um, and a lot of that is because you know. There are a lot of traditional music elements that he's led into his music that I understand and identify with where I can go, okay, I didn't know that, that I could do mm. that, you know? So that's been a really wonderful artist to discover. You know, uh, some of the typical stuff like Brian Eno, uh, you know, Music for Airports would have been the first quote-unquote ambient music record that I owned. I think which you is, mentioned him. I probably did. Summer, I probably yeah. did, yeah. I mean, I, he's a good starting point for most people, I think, into the genre i know i still think that's a, a wonderful wonderful record some of the neoclassical stuff like uh niels fram or a winged victory for the sullen you know that stuff feels beyond to me because they're using you know orchestras to make it but you know i, I love listening to that stuff mm. um i just recently bought a record by another uh artist off of white lab rex called topics and topographies and they just released a record three days ago called okay. floating world that's you blowing my mind right now. So I've been listening to that, uh, you know, a lot. And so, you know, there's all kinds of stuff and I'm constantly discovering, you know, new stuff that I like to listen to. Yeah. Do you find uh, any of your previous musical experience? I mean, it's kind of a half dumb question because of course <laughs> it has, but like anything you've written before, I guess I should say. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like any of that has bled into 
Oh, yeah. In, in any way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, of course, yeah. You mentioned earlier there's certainly some ambient tones, yeah. and in that stripped-down yeah. version, you can definitely pick up on that, that ambience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, especially with January through December 2018, I was using a lot of mm. um, keyboards, a lot of synthesizers, a lot of samples, a lot of drum machines, because drums are impossible to record in a little one-bedroom studio. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, so I mean, all that stuff was there. And um, what what I'm having fun with now, especially with like the EP that I'm you know, trying to get completed out for the spring, is going the opposite way and taking some of the tones and, and instrumentation and things that I know about from folk music and, and rock music and letting those into the ambient music. Yeah. And I'm... I'm really enjoying the new stuff a lot you know yeah um like acoustic guitars that are you know playing audible passages that you can tell that's an acoustic <laughs> guitar and yeah and uh, it can be beautiful like one of the things i will do a lot is i will just sit in my music room and i like to keep some guitars in different tunings and i'll just pick one up and and you know just play something over and over again that feels therapeutic and relaxing to me just to play my acoustic guitar right and i realized wait that can if it's relaxing me it can probably relax somebody else and that would fit into the ambient genre so yeah. i'm gonna let that stuff in and that feels fulfilling and and good and smart in a way you know to to allow that stuff in right yeah so to answer your question yep i found a lot of that crept into the ambient music and i'm finding the reverse to be true as well it makes sense it'd be it does yeah really weird after i asked the question really if, if none of it had but it's a lot of musical experience to turn off yeah you know if, if it weren't the case and that was never going to be a question like i knew that that would come into it where the question for me was is it enough so it's fun for me it's interesting for me does that mean other people need to hear it and that was where i really struggled because it's not a world that i know you know yeah no you know, that's, that's i fair. could write a song with lyrics and go yeah no that'll connect with somebody but to <laughs> you know to do this was like eek. so you know i really did I, I i made sure i chose friends that i could show the music to that would tell me like straight up like, yeah oh, you're losing your freaking mind man <laughs> you know <laughs> and maybe i am but you know but uh i trusted them and and that was certainly an important part of the thing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have sounding boards. That's for sure. For sure.
I can see, like, I can understand what you're saying, though, because it, it's not mathematically even what we're used to hearing. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody mm. who just really listens to radio music may not get it. I don't know. But yeah, at the on the flip side of that, maybe they'll pop it on and be like, and like I said, relaxed and yeah, it can help you unwind. And yeah. And then you know, there was also like the, uh, okay, I'm going to put this out. And then there was the oh, geez, there's going to be people that really know the ambient music genre that might hear this too, though. What are they going to think? And, you know, the whole record starts with a delayed 8-bit Casio keyboard <laughs> drums. And I'm like, fuck, what am I doing? <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> but when, I really didn't want to put that song first, but every time we were sequencing things, was like, that made sense to put it first. So, <laughs> in know. all fairness, though, a lot of that genre of music is, I mean, how, how do you label what is and isn't acceptable in it really well that's just that like yeah. i don't i don't you know and this I, is still what i'm what can. i'm learning you know is that i i think maybe you know there aren't rules i know? i feel there, there's not yeah. there are maybe yeah far fewer than yeah. maybe what you're used to yeah i mean i've even got like, like on the the stuff i've been doing lately there's even some vocals you know they're not 
singable passages or anything you're going to walk away humming, but right. but they're my voice, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's kind of cool. I didn't, you know, I'm realizing <laughs> that's permissible too, you know? So, so more of that in the future too, I think. And I think it can be anything you want it to be too. Like, and I'm sure yeah. it is and will be. I think so. I think so. Anyway, I'll keep doing it as long as it's fun. Yeah. You know, that's the important part. <laughs> really? It's like <laughs> at this point, it's so easy to, you know, I put this one out as a physical CD and that was, um, you know, I'm glad I did. Like, I'm really glad it, it makes it feel legitimate, you know, Yeah. as if I'm going like, no, I commit to this and, and here, you know, I've spent money. There's my proof <laughs> that I'm committed, you know, but you know, I probably like the EP, I probably won't. I'll just do it a digital only release. And that's so easy to do that. Right. You yeah. know, why wouldn't a person just keep doing it if they're enjoying it? Because doesn't cost anything and there's That's no commitment one know. of my favorite things about the way music is going and has been going for a while now yeah especially since covid hit yeah. as people are just recording things and putting them out and that's probably the biggest boon for music in a long time is yep that ease of doing it but also that ease of finding it Bandcamp, it's my favorite website it's favorite yeah. app like i just ad nauseum it's so no no to man me too and I thought about only putting like one or two of the tracks streamable, but I was like, I hate when people do that to me and I want to go listen to the record. So I yeah. just made the whole thing streamable, you know? Uh, what is your opinion? Like you said, it felt kind of a little more official that you have a, a CD, but yeah. generally what's your opinion on digital versus hard copies of music? Is that? Uh, I mean, I don't really have one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have a collection of music. I like to physically own the thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, but that's me. I like to sit down and look through the booklet and yeah. I just, I like that. That's, <laughs> I feel like I own it if I have something physical. Right. Um, but I, you know, I don't think with that said, there's a lot of music I listen to that it, that's not a possibility. You know, it has to exist on my iPod or, you know, streaming all day at work and, and that's okay too. You know, I like those records. So I don't think I have an opinion in that regard. I hope physical mediums don't go away because I, I like it. I mean, it's a piece of art. Yeah, you know? I, don't, I don't think they will. I think they're kind of at their... No, I don't even know if it's at its minimum right now. I think it was a little while ago, and then records are making a comeback. And C- CD sales have been up the past two years, three years in a row yeah. now. Yeah. So I know cassettes were climbing up again, too. Yeah. I, I love cassettes. You know, I thought about doing a cassette, but um, I'm very conscious that I'm, you know, pushing 50, and it felt like too much of a hipster move. So, <laughs> so I went with a CD. That's an OG flex. That's allowable. <laughs> Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. <laughs> like, I like the physical meat. Like, I love, yeah. I see a band live. I want to purchase that physical thing yeah. to take home with me. Uh, but I have friends that uh, they don't. They just stream everything or they'll get yeah. the, they'd, they'd love the PDF more than having the physical copy because it takes space or whatever. Yes. Um, and, you know, I think part of it is probably like growing up you know, when I did like the bulk of my formative years were in the eighties in Grand Bay, New Brunswick. And mm. that was, you showed people your identity by the, you know, the pins that you had on your jean jacket <laughs> or, yeah. you know, and so, you know, for me, part of that's always been like, you could come to my home and there's shelves of my music and, uh, you know, music that I've purchased, I mean, and, and, you know, they tell you a little bit about who I am and yeah, no, I, I mean, I that, that might be yeah. part of my attraction to the physical medium as well, you know? Yeah. Kind of showing it off, right? <laughs> One of my friends was home from away and he came over. He's like, oh man, you still have 
lot of these books. So he's looking through my book collections, like, you know, so we were talking yeah. about books and he's like, you know what? I haven't just sat there and talked about a book or an album with somebody in such a long time because, you know, they just spur conversation or whatever. Yep. Bring commonalities out. And, yeah. Right. And you could, if it was a record, you can listen to that record together yeah and that's you know it's been a long time since people do that you know now it's like oh, i'll send you i'll send it to you yeah Man, let's experience it together you know <laughs> like i like i like that i think that's it's not something people do enough anymore i think i don't no. know i try to do that like when i have people over like we'll take turns yeah. picking a record or whatever that's wonderful that's it's great yeah i love it it's a little more interactive they get to look through things talk things as opposed to just taking turns popping a thing on youtube or and i do that too sometimes but I uh, I I started playing recently with um, this girl Catherine Kennedy. Are you familiar with her? Yep. Yeah. So she's you know this really great singer songwriter around town. And so last March I started playing in her band and uh, Sandy McKay's playing bass. And of course I've known Sandy for a long long time. We've been in lots of bands together. So but Josh McKinley you know played in Jinx the Cat and mm-hmm. he's in McKinley Morrison Williams. He's the guitar player. And so getting to know Josh and Catherine has been a really wonderful experience. So just a few weeks back, we went on tour uh, down into Cape Breton and everybody brought CDs. And it was like we were all going like, here's some more pieces of me to, to discover. And everybody was really excited to like pop theirs in and talk about it and tell stories about when they got this and why this band was important. And I thought that was so like, it felt great. You know, it felt like, yeah, like part of really getting to know somebody. Yeah, it, you know? I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> and that happens a little bit, I guess, with streaming stuff but i feel a lot less you know yeah me too there's there's something about it's colder cracking open somebody's cd binder you know yeah yeah yeah. going through it like on a a road trip especially it's especially fun on a road trip but yeah for sure oh my god that's half yes yeah (laughs) yeah that's half the fun is you know and so half the fun was be like going through my shelves and picking out what discs i'm gonna bring with me in the car (laughs) oh yeah Okay, oh, so I got two. I'll do it. I'll do it for a band practice in Hampton. Like, and I'm I'm talking twenty minutes of prep work here. <laughs> I get excited for it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, remember one time in particular, my friend Amanda, uh, Adam and Amanda, they were moving away to Thunder Bay. They had two cars, so uh, we wanted to drive them out. So I was like, all right, well, we'll all drive. Right. So Amanda and I took one, and her mom and sister took the other one, and <laughs> we just took turns driving. What are we talking like a two day trip here? Yeah, I was like. I think we took three days because okay. we took an extra stop just to... Wow. But one of the things that we were both, Amanda and I, were really excited about was the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The road trip. So yeah. I even kept a list. Like, we, we made sure every CD, like, in order that we played it, we yep. wrote it down on, like, a little notepad. I still have that list. And it was just like... That is so nerd. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> it was super nerd, but it was a lot of fun. And just... just figuring out what CDs we're bringing for the the three days on the road was exciting into itself.
Welcome back to the Pagan Place. Here, let me chop up that poison for you. No, no, you keep the tip. All we need is a little like and share. That'll do just fine. There you go. Have a good day. Epcom recording studio where my very first band would have made oh really our first recordings oh wow back in like 91 90 somewhere in there wild yeah yeah <laughs> real bad real bad <laughs> is that uh still kicking around anywhere yeah oh yeah yeah actually i recently put uh all like my old cassettes um you know on the on the computer i digitized them and so there's that. There, we did two songs there. That band was called Second Chance. And uh, two songs I had written. Where Did the Time Go? And Lost and Scared. Were what those songs were called. But yeah, I put like everything <laughs> that I had on cassettes on the computer and like old, just old band practices and yeah. stuff like that. And what a, what a trip. Wow, oh, yeah. Damn yeah that would be. Really fun. A lot of stuff from like O'Leary's. <laughs> yeah really good stuff oh man i have a couple old cassettes from like some from even as far back as junior high maybe just yeah we'd start jamming and we just have a shitty uh boom box or whatever that could record the... who would you have been jamming with anyone i know um at that time probably not how old are you you're i'm um, 40 you're 40 okay yeah. so i might know some people back then probably not well my friend justin Laboutia, yeah, he's more of like a He's one of the only ones that really kept up with it, but he's like okay. metal, like okay, yeah, metal guy, yeah. I don't know how I didn't like growing up. All the metal, like Grand Bay, was the metal bands. That's where I grew up was in yeah. Grand Bay. I don't know how I didn't end up in like I've never played in a metal band. I wish I had. I would love it, but it's never too late. I I physically would be so tired, but, <laughs> and also I'm not capable, but. But yeah, I don't know how I never did. Like that's how that's how it was growing up. It was like the metal bands were in Grand Bay, the punk bands were in Hampton, and like the rock and roll bands were in St. John. Huh. That was how it was. Yeah, I guess a lot of the punk bands were like Hampton Quiz Pam kids when I was yeah. like in high school and stuff. This is all my perspective from when I was that age. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I think a lot of them were. I think so. There was like a in well what would have been my young heyday of the saint john music scene was like back when uh well fuck butterfly effect yeah stuff like that you know uh saint john's greatest hits like that yeah. that era the of chuck Heath compilations yeah. yeah that was like my era of my initiation i guess years of yeah being in the music scene were that era like yeah for sure that band was that that you know what I I thought about this recently. I probably would never have gotten into ambient music, and especially this fire if I didn't hadn't been in the Butterfly Effect. Really? Yeah, because those guys introduced me to like, you know, the the first rumblings of anything like that, like um, Mogwai, oh yeah, Sigoros, yeah, you know, Godspeed You Black Emperor. That was all introduced. To, I wouldn't have known any of those bands. Yeah. Um, that was all from, you know, those guys, especially like Chris Fudge and Jevo Tour. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, and post rocks only a, you know, a stone's throw to ambient music, really. Chuck Teed had kind of poked us and was like, um, Psycho One's not online, guys. Like we got to, we should get that album out somewhere online because we'd found out that one of the tracks from it, people were like doing covers of it on YouTube. 
Whoa. So there was an Australian band called the Butterfly Effect that were kind of popular. So people would like search for them and accidentally find us, <laughs> but then like the song. And, was, and so they were like doing covers of it on YouTube. Crazy. So Chuck was like, I think we could probably sell a few records if you guys put it out, you know? And so we were like, well, if we're going to put it out, we should maybe include like a new song or something to make it give somebody a reason to buy it, you know? Yeah. And that was uh, you, Chris Fudge. Jim Murphy. Jim Murphy. Jay Votor and Mark Oslin. Votor. Okay. Mark Oslin. Yeah. You probably know Mark, like he does sound for a lot. Yeah, he does. Yep. Uh, yeah, I've met him from his some of the sound gigs. Yep. Uh, January through December. Yep. Two of those guys are again the Butterfly Effect guys. Yeah. Tour, yeah. Have gotten to. Uh, yeah. To work on that as well. Yeah, Chris did it in 2019. I was really thrilled that he did it. He did a bang up job, like some really cool music actually. And then uh, this year, Jay Votor is doing it. Like he's still. I guess he's got, uh, we're November here months, that we're talking. Yeah, or one, one so month. he's got this month and next month to do, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've been following, but the last month. I have month, here and there. I haven't uh, followed the whole way through. Okay. But. The last month he put out a song called Accidental Heart, and it's just like a, it's a, it's a little barn burner. It's a great song. Yeah. So yeah, you, it's killer. I'll definitely have to, to go through. And I uh, I did listen to a little more of the Chris Fudge you did, eh? stuff than, than Jay Votor. Not to any fault of Jay, I just... You're I, in I'm school, you're busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I uh, don't get as much music as I would like to. No, I was but... thrilled that both of those guys. I don't know. I don't know what to do with the project this year. I've kicked around the idea of doing it myself. Yeah. Because um, I can do it anytime I want, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure I will. I don't know. I've also like, I like the idea of, of giving it to people that I feel like want to make music. Right. And, and aren't sure how to do it. Like, I think it's a good project in that regard. Like, well, it sets deadlines. It sets it kind deadlines. of forces you to, yeah, to do the thing. And it's, you know, you don't have to play live. It doesn't have a big audience. It's, it's a nice, small, humble little way to go. Okay. I guess I'm doing this, you know, have you ever thought of releasing them as like a collection? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I've been talking with, um, Corey Bonneby. Okay. Uh, as of late about doing some, what I want to do is I want to do like the, so I did 2011, I did 2013, and I did 2018. Okay. So what I'd like to do, since there's seven years between those um, projects, is I'd like to kind of pick, you know, maybe like the best eight from that, touch them up, and uh, put that out. And, you know, uh, that could be like volume one. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And then uh, Chris Braden did a year. Okay. And uh, yeah, and Chris Fudge did a year, and Jay Votor did a year, and I thought, well, it'd be cool to take some tracks from those and, and polish those up and touch those up and put them out. And that's something I'm eyeing for the future, you know? Yeah. What's yeah. No, it, it would be cool. I, uh, like the concepts amazing. I just like that idea. Just a, a good artist. I like the idea too. And, and, you know, um, I like, it's not an original idea. You know, most of the, the inspiration and, and concept that I took was from a guy named Ari Hest, like an independent singer songwriter. He was doing, he was doing one a week and I was like, I can't commit to that, you know, but like when I did it in 2011 with the first year, like the introductory year, I had um, just released a record in 2010. I had that 225 single, I was playing in Penny Blacks, I was playing in some other bands. Things were really busy and I was thought, well, what a fun time I'm having. I'll do this just as a way to make some fun home demos and stay active while I wrote uh, right. for an actual follow-up record, which never... You know, there, there's, I never followed up. Like there's never been a follow-up record, you know? Um, mm. And so when I did it in 2018, 
you know, after life had taken some unexpected twists and turns and whatnot, it was a much different reason for doing it. And it was like, I need a way back into being creative and I don't know how to do it. And so, you know, having that project was such a treat. And mm. that was when I realized like, oh, you know, like, hey, Chris Fudge, you should do this because it, it exists for this reason. I just didn't know it then. Right. You know, and so that's, you know, given it, being able to get Chris and Jay to do it, you know, knowing that about the project was really, uh, I felt very, very, a lot of gratitude to both those guys for doing it. And I, I know that they got what they needed out of it, you know, right. which is cool. And so I love that it exists and for that reason. You know, yeah, it exists for a different reason than I ever knew it did back in 2011, you know, right? So, and I like that it's become that because it can do things for people that I respect and you know want to see do things. It's all silver lines, <laughs> yeah. What else do you kind of have on the docket like going forward musically? Yeah, uh, well, uh, so Jessica Ray will release a record. Uh, in the new year and there'll be some shows so i'll play with her for that um i've been very busy these past few weeks and months with uh, the katherine kennedy band and uh you know that'll continue into the new year super excited for that penny blacks has a new lineup and i'm really excited about how penny blacks is sounding so penny blacks will continue into the new year sweet and i had mentioned i'll do that uh that ep uh so you know i'll do that I'd like to see myself make some, you know, music with lyrics and, and you know, some singer-songwriter music this year. I hope to. My friend uh, Chris Braden recently revitalized his Something French band from... I just saw them... Did you see the show? Two weeks ago, yeah. I couldn't make it, but... It was cool. It was yeah. Good. But I find, like, I'm super inspired by that. I love that he did that. And, you know, that kind of makes me want to get off my ass and, and make some, some music in that regard, too. So, yeah, but lots lots to do yeah you know um bonnet house is talking about making another record finally after cool so many years and we're even uh, we were just texting earlier tonight actually about trying to book some dates in january and february together so we can make that happen and that excites me yeah and, you know i'd love to i'm so proud of that record i'd love to get back to and that's uh with bill preeper and sandy mckay sandy mckay yeah yeah, yeah i love that record I don't know. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was uh that was a special one for me, that record. I've yeah. always, and I've always wanted to follow it up because I hated that we were like a one-off, you know? <laughs> so I think it'd be cool to, to do another one. Well, it's hard too when you're, you, you all have your hands in so many cookie jars. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's gotta be really hard to yeah find the time for those types of projects. For sure. And I mean, you know, Bill and, Sandy are both in Jess's band and mm. you know that's a like it's hard to go you guys want to get together in Bill's living room in February you know uh, when we just played the Imperial Theater with her you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it's not as you know it doesn't it doesn't carry a lot of appeal but uh, you know I think we're all ready for it and it should be good St. John amazes me you know in so many ways like yeah a lot of times I would go out and it's like how do we have this many musicians this many I know. great <laughs> I know. musicians. It's crazy. Well, I've had a couple conversations where I've had to, I've been asked to recommend people for things or okay. whatever. So, you know, my friend was looking for singer songwriters. Okay. And he was just kind of drawing a blank. I was like, oh, well, shit, let me There's just a name off of a few. Yeah. And then it was just like, before I knew it, I had like 20 names. Yeah. I was like, Jesus. 
And then my friend Dave, he was like, oh, he's putting a, like a St. John um, playlist together. And he's like, well, I need some current St. John bands. And off the top of my head, I was like, oh, I don't know. COVID kind of stifled a bunch. And then, then I started thinking about it. I was like, no, actually, these guys are still going. These yeah. guys are still going. These guys are going. These guys are. And there's just so much. And it blows my mind every time I really stop to think about it. Like I know. Uh, is there anything that, that you wanted to mention or bring up or talk about that maybe I... No, um, you know, it was like I say, it's, it's I knew that, you know, I, I thank you for having me on, but I knew that it was going to be a hard thing to talk about because it's a, a thing that we're used to talking about, I guess, you know, it's, a type of music. We're yeah, used it's to very talking. true. It's, it's not a, it's not something you talk about in traditional. Yeah, no, you know, I just wanted the opportunity to talk about it and thank you for that. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's always fun to just get to sit down and chat music with you. Anyway, I love that we go off into about 50 different oh, yeah. that's, that's, Those are some of my best episodes. I'm not going to lie. It. The ones that go off on those no, great no, tangents, I, I love. Personally, I love them. I don't know how other people feel yeah. about them. No, 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 it's good. But yeah. I love them because that's when you get the real scoop on the, pers- sure. the person behind the music, really. is 100%. You know, all those things are quite often what make up what they're putting out there in a, in a lot of ways. I think you're right. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that's why, I, I that's why you read right. biographies on people, right? You get those great side stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I hear them and I'm always like, ah, you know, the, the ones that like I listen to where I'm like, I really enjoyed that are the ones that I went off the rail with, you know, you always want to be the one that has the polished answers for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is a great album and I was surprised because even though you told me it was going to be an Ambient Elm, it still wasn't what I was expecting. And I don't know what oh, I was yeah? expecting. Like, I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe something not as ambient, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Like, yeah. The, I mean, the, the first... I, it's funny because you can almost... I think you can almost see my nerves in the first... Like, the first two cuts are... They're ambient tracks, of course. But you know, the first one's got drums in it. Mm. The second one's got that big post-rock ending. And I do think that those songs make the sense for the first two songs for that record. But then it really gets into the more what you'd consider ambient. And it's probably not a mistake that I did put that <laughs> stuff a little later, you know. It's, yeah. You know, to me, this is how it was supposed to flow. But there also was probably some subconscious like, can't, can't, I can't do that just yet, you know, stuff. But yeah, it does get pretty traditional like air quotes ambient yeah especially in the middle of the record yeah Yeah. mostly in the middle like my favorite cut on it is is uh, the second the last one called tamir yeah that's that's my favorite one that's the one where to me it sounds the most like what i set out to do okay Uh, you know um it's the i intentionally wanted that song to sound like that and i think it it sounds like what i set out to do with it you know the the title of that one is the name of uh uh, a russian ship it's an icebreaker and you know to me that song feels like you know after huh. freezing rain and drowning under ice you know i think a tamir is the third part of that theme and and to me that one sounds like you know when you're getting getting through things and yeah you know it feels cinematic and big to me it just does <laughs> but maybe maybe listeners won't feel the same way but to me that one feels like like that and that's what i wanted it to feel like yeah you know Thanks for taking some time and thank you shooting the shit.
This is Andrew from Crows Outreach St. John. You've been listening to the Pagan Place Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at crows underscore outreach or find us on the street carrying food and warmth and harm reduction supplies for the people of St. John.